Kaepernick and the NFL agreed to a settlement. The NBA All-Star Weekend was a blast. It was entertaining, but now it's back to business. There's 25 games left in this NBA season. And for teams at the bottom of both conferences, this is that last push, that last sprint to try to establish the seventh or eighth spot. So what is the Lakers' future? What will their Lake what will the Lakers' future look like if they not only don't make the playoffs, but strike out in the offseason in free agency? Does LeBron James become a tradable asset? It's the cipher. I'll be honest. When I first found out that Colin Kaepernick and the NFL had agreed to a settlement, I thought the cap and his attorney had just caved because it's no secret. The NFL has unlimited funds. And I just thought the plan was to slow walk, a.k.a. drag this out until Kaepernick ran out of money, which I'm sure that was still plan A for the NFL. But then we find out that there's a settlement with a huge payout, a huge payment. That's rumored to be between 45 and 60 million to Kaepernick. And then suddenly the narrative is that Cap's a sellout and that this was all about a money grab. And that's crazy talk. It's insane. This is the NFL, the same league that kept taking Tom Brady to court until they won. And not only did they agree to settle, but they agreed to pay Cap to no longer speak on this. And look, sidebar. Both parties have agreed to some kind of confidentiality, confidentiality agreement. You know this. I know this. Which means any findings from this grievance is forbidden for disclosure. In other words, whatever went on in this room, the public is not finding out. And you know the NFL PA is already working on some kind of really quick spin um, to make this look like a win. You're going to see hear words like through no admission of guilt, we've agreed to settle. And to that, I say this. The NFL was worried enough that they'd rather settle than any of this be made available for public knowledge. I think had this gone to trial, the league would have won the war. But they'd, they'd have lost enough battles along the way with any of this being made public that settling was the smart move. And it protected the NFL's bottom line. Of course, the league's going to take an L in public perception. But they're about money and they're going to save money in the long run. And I think Cap's going to take a hit, too. If you were with him, then you support him. And if you weren't with him, you're going to say he wasn't really about anything. He wasn't about a cause. He was about money. Let me just remind people of this. Every revolution has to be funded. And I think Colin Kaepernick, what he did was he beat the NFL at their own game. This is probably one of the worst kept secrets in sports, but clearly he's been, he was being blackballed from playing football because of his protest. And even with this all behind them, even with this settled, and this is in the rear view, the odds of Cap getting another opportunity in the NFL, they're slim. And everybody knows that. 
this year's All-Star Weekend, I thought was really on point. And it was nice seeing some new faces like Nikola Jokic, Chris Middleton, Nick Vucevic, D'Angelo Russell, and Ben Simmons to go along with some of the regular faces like LeBron playing in his 15th All-Star game, KD playing in his 10th All-Star game, The Beard, James Harden playing in his 7th, Steph Curry is in his 6th All-Star game, and Russ making his 8th All-Star appearance. And the league took it to the next level, and I thought this was really cool, especially for us fans, by creating two extra roster spots for Dirk and D-Wade. This was a great way for the fans, players, just the league in general, to celebrate these two future Hall of Famers' great careers. This was Wade's 13th selection and Dirk's 14th. And I thought it seemed fitting that both of these first ballot Hall of Famers leaving the game the same year celebrated at this last All-Star game. Think about this. Both has a finals MVP on their resume. Wade beat Dirk's Mavs in the 06 finals, four games to two, averaging 34 and seven. And what did Dirk do in 2011? He returned the favor. He beat the Heat. LeBron, Wade, Bosch, four games of two, 26 points, nine rebounds. Both guys, as great as they are, they were also matchup nightmares. Think about Dirk, seven feet tall, with range, and the ability to put the ball on the floor. He was too long for most fours, too quick for most fives. The great thing about D. Wade was he played bigger than his size. He was 6'4". Wade combined explosive first step, insane quickness, Great leaping ability. He had a killer crossover to go along with that step back jumper. And again, Wade played bigger than 6'4". His impact on both ends of the floor, I think those are one of the reasons that that as great as D-Wade is and that we know how great his career was, when you look back at his overall career, I think Dwayne Wade is grossly underrated. And there was another really cool moment during the game, the actual All-Star game. In the second half of the All-Star game, play was stopped. And at first, I didn't know what was going on. And then you found out that they were honoring Magic Johnson, Iceman, George Gervin, David Robinson, the Admiral, Iverson, and along with Bill Russell. And the thing about Bill Russell is, he's not just an iconic player who won 11 titles, but he was also a great civil rights leader and activist. Again, I thought the theme, there was this vibe throughout this All-Star Game weekend, and you can feel it. Fans got what they wanted. I thought players got what they wanted. And when the actual game started, yes, it was crazy, and there wasn't any defense, not until late in the game, but you, you really did get a lot of the things that you wanted. You had Wade lobbing the ball to LeBron for a dunk. Clay, Dame, Steph, KD hitting threes. Giannis dunking every chance he got. And I know the final score was insane, 178 to 64. And defense was a myth. And still, you have to admit, late in that game, when they were really going at it, that was fun to watch. That was entertaining. I know there's some people that think the game could be fixed, and maybe it can. I can only speak for myself. I still enjoyed it all. I enjoyed watching the Nets' Joe Harris outduel Steph in a three-point shootout. I enjoyed watching Hamdal Diallo do his thing and win the slam dunk competition. Salute to both of those young dudes. This All-Star Game weekend was fun. It was exciting. 
and it celebrated the past, present and future. One more salute. Props to KD. All-Star Game MVP, 31.7 rebounds. Salute, fam. 25-game sprint. You got four teams. Clippers, Lakers, Kings, and Spurs fighting for two spots, the 7th and 8th seeds, with the Lakers currently in the 10th spot, two games behind both the Kings and the Clippers in the loss category, three games behind the Spurs in the loss category. They're at 28 and 29 with 25 games to play. I think the Lakers are going to have to win between 16 and 18 games to give themselves a, a legit shot to make the eighth seed. And maybe even if a couple of teams come back to them, the seventh seed. Do the Lakers make the playoffs is the question I asked last week. And keeping with the facts, because we're big on that when it comes to the cipher. Before the season started, the fam knows this. We had this debate before. I had the Lakers being a fifth or even a sixth seed in the conference. But I also said, and you guys know this, health is the great unknown. LeBron missing 17 games was big, real big, along with a lot of guys being in and out of the lineup. But we make no excuses. Let's keep it 100. They have every opportunity with all the games they have left to still get into the playoffs. That said, the fam did not hold back. And we like that. We love that. We can agree to disagree. The fam spoke their truth. So let me keep it 100. Stay with the facts. And I'll put y'all stuff out there. Biz said LeBron didn't get another all-star. So your Lakers are headed to the lottery. I'm not going to go that far, Biz. I don't think they're headed to the lottery. I do think if they don't make the playoffs and more importantly, if they strike out in the offseason, the path forward is uncertain at best. Double R says, I don't have the Lakers. I don't hate the Lakers. I'm sorry, but I'm rooting for the Kings to get in. You know what? The Kings are fun to watch. I know early in the season, like I said, I thought that core, Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, Carly Stein, I thought what they were building and developing was real. I I'll keep it 100. I didn't think they'd be able to sustain it. But here they are late in the season with 25 games left. And the Kings have put themselves in the position to get one of those last two playoff spots. So props to them. Props to the way those guys have developed over the course of the season. Jay says, what happened to the LeBron that that plan about LeBron playing off the ball, getting in the post? Instead, he's just dominating the ball as usual and padding his stats. I think coming into this year, the plan was to play more off the ball, but it was also dependent upon how well the young guys develop. And I think they all did take a step forward, but they were slow steps. They were baby steps. And I think LeBron just figured he needed to dominate the ball more in order for them to win. And look, remember, before he got hurt, they were the they were in the fifth seed. So I can't say what he was doing didn't help. Gerard says, we all know the NBA won't let LeBron miss the playoffs. All right, Gerard, I feel you. You, you sound like a, a Lakers slash LeBron here. Let me just put it this way. The Lakers will either make or not make the playoffs. The league has nothing to do with it. That's my opinion. Mac, what do you think about the Lakers tanking and getting a nice pick in the draft? I wouldn't do that. Don't tank. Look, I say go all out. Give these young guys a chance 
to get into the playoffs. LeBron's got to lead them, though. He's got to play hard on both ends of the floor, and he's got to lead them. They have enough talent to get into the playoffs. We're not talking crazy. We're not talking about getting in the conference finals or winning a title. We're talking about making the playoffs. This team, top to bottom, has enough talent to accomplish that. Mac says, I'm sorry, not Mac, Neek. Neek says, LeBron and Lakers management overrated their young talent. I disagree with that. I don't think they overrated the young talent. Maybe in some ways they underrated it. Because when you look at their skill sets, when you look at Brandon Ingram, and they say he doesn't play well with LeBron, he doesn't play well with LeBron because LeBron's ball dominant. Ingram's not Kyle Korver or J.R. Smith or any other catch-and-shoot guy. He's somebody that can put the ball on the deck and create his own shot. So their skill sets just don't line up. I think Kyle Kuzma has shown you he's very good when he's on the move, when he's coming off screens and he gets his feet under him. He's a, I think Kyle Kuzma in the right offense or on the right team, I think he has the potential to be a really good third option. I really do think that. I think he's that talented. And I also think Lonzo is probably like the, the biggest mystery because you see these flashes of somebody who could be a legit starting point guard who could impact the game on both ends of the floor. And then there are these moments and games where he just steps back and he just fades. And it's like he's not even on the floor. That's a mentality. And and until he changes his mentality, I think he'll always be an up and down player, which is why Magic probably viewed him as tradable. Big Mike says, I want the Lakers to get the AC so they can get swept by the dubs. All right. I hear you. I hear you, Big Mike. Again, look, if they get the AC, I say go for it. Golden State's the best team in basketball. They're the favorite to win it all. I'm not saying it's a lock, but they're the clear favorite. So why not go ahead and step into the step into the arena with the Lion? Go ahead and go with the best and see what happens. I, I still think ultimately, if they make the playoffs and the Lakers were to face Golden State, the opportunity for those young guys to get that kind of playoff experience against that type of team, I still think that's good for them. Rod. I think LeBron will be energized for the last 25 games and the Lakers get into the playoffs. I agree. Lamont, Lakers about to catch an L on Thursday versus the Beard. Well, maybe, but you know what? Let's see how that game plays out. I've seen them play well versus the Rockets when they were at full strength. So let's see how that plays out. Alex, before Bron got injured, the Lakers looked like a lock for the fifth seed. But him being out and all the trade rumors have killed any team chemistry. I think your squad is done. I actually think that what you just said, Alex, I agree with in so many ways. Yes, him being out hurt them. But I think the trade rumors, I think that did hurt any kind of team chemistry. I think there's a lack of trust in that locker room. And if they don't shore that up, these last 25 games, they won't matter at all. They really won't. And I know Magic went in there and he gave them the speech about putting their big boy pants on. And I'm the biggest Magic Johnson fan in the world. And I think that approach was the wrong, wrong approach to me. I just think Magic got that wrong. Kenny says the Lakers won't make the playoffs and won't be able to sign another top free agent. And then what? That kind of goes back to my theme, Kenny, something that I've been thinking about. The path forward for the Lakers. And we, we've talked about this, debated about this. 
what do they do if they get to the offseason? And this is a great free agent class, but they're not getting KD. What if they don't get Kawhi? What if they don't get um, Clay Thompson or Kyrie, which I, I don't. My gut feeling says they're not going to get any of those guys. So what if the Lakers do strike out in free agency? What's the path forward? I really do think if they strike out in free agency, you have to consider trading LeBron James. That's got to be on the table. And I think that's something that Magic may not want to do, but it's definitely something that he's got to consider. Al says LeBron will keep getting his numbers, but the Lakers won't make the playoffs. A lot of people want to harp harp on that number thing. Look, I know sometimes it looks like he's just dominating the ball and putting up empty stats. And even I'll give you this. Maybe that's the case sometimes. But for them to get into the playoffs, he's got to play at a high level. He's got to put up monstrous numbers. But I do agree he's got to compete on both ends of the floor. Jim says, I told you before the season, after LeBron, everybody else on your squad is average at best. No, there are no all-star caliber players after LeBron James. That's not a secret. We also are talking about a core of guys that are 22 and under. I will say this. I've heard people make the argument. I've heard media pundits say this. I've heard, I've heard fans say this. I think fans, what they do is regurgitate what they hear from first take or Fox sports or whatever. Cause you hear some of those guys who don't really know basketball, like Greg Jennings run his mouth or little man, Jason McIntyre, who don't know nothing. He's just a Braun fan. Here's the thing. When you say, well, why would they want any players from a 35 win team? Right. That team last season without LeBron won 35 games. But do not forget, Lonzo Ball missed 30 games. Brandon Ingram missed 23 games and they won 35 games. The addition of LeBron was supposed to make it a lot that they were going to win upwards of 45 or 50 games. And they were on pace and he gets injured. I'm saying that to say this. In Kevin Durant's and Jeff Green's second year and Russell Westbrook's first year, OKC only won 29 games, but they didn't get nobody gave up on them. And I'm not saying they're there on their level. I've said this before, but I'm just saying, are you saying that the Lakers should give up on a bunch of guys, at least two of them? They just turned 20 and the other ones are 22. If you can get Anthony Davis, I suppose you go ahead and make some kind of trade. But my gut feeling is the Anthony Davis ship has sailed. Al says, or Manny says, you're right, Mo. LeBron will go beast mode and the Lakers will get to the seventh seed. I don't know if he's going to go beast mode. But what I need to do or what I need him and the young guys to do is they need to have some kind of balance. When he's on the floor and he and they're spaced, yes, create, attack the basket, dish, create for others. But defensively, they have to be locked in. I keep going back to defense. If they play defense and they get stops and they can get out and run, they're a completely different team. Skill said, agree or disagree. Lakers need to win at least 16 to 18 games to have a shot to get in the playoff skills. I agree 100 percent. The way things look, I think they've got to win between 16 and 18 games. That's to have a shot. And even upon winning those 16 to 18 games, 
you're still going to have to have the Spurs and maybe the Clippers come back to you. And even then, that's not a lock. Reese, for the Lakers to make the playoffs, LeBron has to compete on both ends of the floor. I've spoken about this many times. I agree 100%. Maybe what Luke needs to do is scatter his minutes more. But yes, he needs to show some energy on both ends of the floor. Sean, this is Magic and LeBron's last season with the Lakers. You know what, Sean? I'm going to say I disagree. Partly. But I do agree in this sense. And I've said this. No playoffs. No big name free agents. No monster trade. No talent upgrade. What do you need a 34, going to be 35-year-old superstar player who's really just going to drag you down more if you can't add talent to him? There's no point in having him. So, yes, in my opinion, if they strike out and they come back with the exact same roster they have this season, yes, trade LeBron James. Do whatever you need to do to improve your team. Legs, what are your thoughts on my Nuggets and how deep a run they can make? Legs, if you, you've heard a lot of the shows. And good looking out. Thank you for um, your comments. Love the Nuggets. They are the true young up-and-coming team. But their core, they're really young. They're, they're around the same age as the Lakers core. And as great as Jokic is, as talented as Murray is, as Harris is, they're young. And they're not leaders. And, and that, that is a problem going into the playoffs. When your very best players aren't leaders and you have to, you have to learn on the fly – I think they'll improve. I think they'll compete. I think they'll show well in the playoffs. I just don't think this year they're going to go on a deep playoff run. But I do see them maybe winning a first-round series. Yak says, Lakers are done, and my Jazz will be in the conference finals. Look, the Jazz have been playing as well as any team the last month or so. But all due respect, Yak, here's the thing. I think the Jazz are one of the best defensive teams in all the NBA. They can lock down on anybody. And I like the way they share the ball. The problem is they don't have enough firepower. As much as people love Rudy Gobert, very good player, but not a scorer. He's not the guy you can throw the ball into and say get a basket. They've got Donovan Mitchell who can get his own. And then then they have a couple of other complementary parts who aren't really natural scorers. What they need is one more guy that can get you 18 to 20 a night consistently on the perimeter. If that should ever happen, then I'm with you. Your Jazz will make a legit conference finals run. But as of right now, could they win a first round series? Maybe because for whatever reason, they match up really, really well with OKC. But conference finals, I'm not seeing that, fam. But still, thanks for your comments. Obviously, I'm doing my show on the Anchor app. Shout out to Anchor. But I've also got my Spreaker app open and the mic on. And I'm actually getting a real-time response from Corey. Corey says, I completely disagree with you. The Lakers will get Anthony Davis this offseason. But even if they weren't able to get him in a trade, or secure any big-name free agents, the idea of trading LeBron is impossible because he has a no-trade clause, and anybody that knows basketball should know this. 
Corey, you're 100% right. Anybody that knows basketball should know exactly what they're talking about. But here's the thing. To be eligible to negotiate a no-trade clause, a player's got to have eight years of NBA experience and four years with his current team. LeBron no longer has that. He no longer has a no-trade clause. That's why I brought that up, because I already knew that. So in the future, just do your homework, fam. That's all I do. I do mine. LeBron, for the first time, maybe since his rookie contract, he doesn't control his own destiny. He's a player with the contract. And if Magic Johnson and company see fit, yes, they can trade LeBron James. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying I want it to happen. What I am saying is if the Los Angeles Lakers come up empty in free agency, the path forward, it's it's bleak. And with the 35-year-old superstar who, who wants to win, and if you can't provide him with a second star or some kind of talent upgrade, what is the point of having him so that you can turn around and maybe fight or scrap to get the seventh seed again? When you can still trade him, LeBron, obviously still playing at a high level and he's box office. Um, absolutely. You move him. You do whatever it takes to better your franchise's future. And maybe it might be unthinkable to most. I'm just going off of from my point of view, the way I see things. Los Angeles Lakers aren't going to compete for titles if they're not going to upgrade their overall talent then having LeBron James on your roster, it's not necessary. Not when you can move him for maybe some picks or move him for younger pieces to some team who needs that box office, to some team that's willing to take on a LeBron James and all that comes with him. Remember, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if they strike out on all levels, that means any kind, because they're going to review and try to get back and, and, and get engaged and try to get in on the Anthony Davis situation. But if they strike out on that front, if they strike out in free agency, what's the path forward? You got to trade LeBron. Hey, one more thing. When you look at the Western Conference, you got to look at OKC. Don't sleep on Marquise. The addition of Marquise Morris, don't sleep on that. That gives OKC a versatile 4-5 combo big that can score in the post. Score in the mid post, and he can shoot the three. He shoots 35% from three. Look, going into the All-Star break, I thought OKC was the only legit challenger to Golden State. Denver's talented, but I've already said this. They're just not ready yet. Portland just doesn't have the firepower. Same for the Jazz. But when you add Morris to PG-13, Russ, Steven Adams, and Schroeder, it allows OKC to match up even better with Golden State. And in the Eastern Conference, I expect the Celtics to enter the playoffs no worse than the third seed when it's all said and done. Even with their chemistry issues, I still think the Celtics are the most dangerous and deepest team in the Eastern Conference. No disrespect to the Bucks or the Raptors, both are having great seasons. But if the Celtics could get on the same page and lock in, I think the Celtics are going to be back in the conference finals. 
Anchor fam, Spreaker fam, good looking out. Thanks for all your questions. Hey, I am sorry for being so late and responding to you all. I will be better. Good looking out. I will talk to you all again next Tuesday. It's the Cypher next time.